Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Jimmy Kolb here, and welcome back to the Kolb Strong Power Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad you could make it with me here again. Um, if you're back uh, for for the multiple, however many times, I'm very very glad. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Um, this is going to come out once a week, and I'm I'm just going to talk and just kind of run my mouth about topics uh, that I find very very important to me. So this week, what I want to talk to everybody about is something that's very very important to me, and that's contributing to the sport giving back to the sport in a sense. When I was growing up in the sport, when I was a teenager, that was part of it. That was, that was what you did. You, you helped your gym owner. You, you, you moved things. You helped improve the gym. You volunteered at meets, you know, things of that nature. So just a little bit about that. Um, like I said, when I was young, growing up in the sport, I started out just taking just take, 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 um, showing up at meets, doing my thing, and that's it. Um, very quickly, I learned on that, uh, you know, that's, that's not right. You, you, powerlifting does so much good for so many people that, uh, you know, giving back should be a no-brainer. Uh, even to this day, what I'll do, I love going to meets, even if I'm not competing, Meeting people, um, and then I, I I like if I'm not helping somebody, if I'm not competing, I love walking around. I love walking around to other people, seeing what other people need, offering a handoff in the bench, loading plates in the squat, running the monolift, um, things of that nature. Just in any way, shape, or form, anything I can do to give back to the sport and help improve somebody's uh, performance that day help the meat run smoother, whatever it is, however small it is, that is part of it to me. Um, I would want the same. I remember uh, being in Ohio, growing up in the APF, and my old gym owner, uh, John Blackstone, is the APF chairman for Ohio. And he hosts, I think still to this day, I think he hosts three or four annual meets per year. And one of the things he has the hardest trouble with is getting enough people to spot and load. And I I always did that for him. I always volunteered. A lot of times it was me and a really good friend of mine, Ralph Kuznirak, uh helping load and spot. And uh, by the end of the meet, when the deadlift rolls around, which oftentimes is when even a lot of the spectators tend to leave, right? Because nobody wants to watch the deadlift, it seems. But um, also by the end of the meet... When the deadlift rolled around, the spotters and loaders that were there originally um, left. They were all gone. So it just came down to me and Ralph. And me and Ralph, by ourselves, would load the deadlift bar, work the jack, get the bar off the floor, put it down, make it straight, 
uh, take the brush and get the knurling nice and clean for the next lifter. even as late as just about three or four weeks ago. We went to Ohio for a short vacation. Uh, ironically, he was hosting a meet, and we showed up. What did we do? Well, I volunteered. I helped spot. Um, I, I couldn't stick around for the deadlift. I <laughs> I couldn't stick around for the deadlift. Uh, I had to go. I'm not trying to fall into the what I just spoke about when everybody leaves, when the deadlift rolls around. I had no choice. I had to leave, but... Uh, Anyway, so no, I, I showed up and spotted, load plates. Uh, we had 1,050-pound squatter and as little as a 150-pound squatter. You know, that's a lot of transition up and down in weights, you know. Um, I just feel like it's my duty to help contribute to the sport that has done me so much good. So that's one thing that I love to see. Um, one of the most tragic uh, instances that I've had to that I've had to go through with this sport is the uh, meet where we lost Gene. So last summer, uh, I was at a competition in York, and it was one meet that Gene and Amy were running together. And I showed up. Uh, it was Friday morning, and uh, at a hotel in York, and I got a text. And it was from my buddy in Ohio. He goes, hey, did you hear that Gene just died? I was like, oh, shut the fuck. You you ass. <laughs> you dickhead. I'm right. I mean, I'm in the parking lot right now. I'm about to go in inside and weigh in. It's, it's 10 o'clock on the dot. I'm going to go in and see him. He goes, no, dude, check Facebook. And I'll be damned. I started seeing all these rest in peace. We miss you. This is tragic. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Walk in there. Found Amy. She was a wreck. Um, the attitude is very ominous in the, in the whole building. Uh, yeah, the night prior, probably just 12 hours before we got there, Gene had passed away in the hotel room. So, uh, what, what did, you know, what did we do? I said, Amy, what, what, what do you need? I said, first of all, you need to shut this meat down. Take time for yourself. What are you doing? She goes, well, Gene was so excited for you. We, we saw that you're in the RPS. You actually submit your opener when you, uh, the week prior, I believe, before showing up. And uh, she said Gene was so excited that you were trying to get your first 1,000-pound bench. So the only reason we're not canceling the meet is because of that, because Gene would have wanted you to get it, and he was so excited for you. So uh, I was like, no, Amy, please don't do this, don't do this. But she insisted, and she went ahead and did it. So the day before, we uh, nothing had been set up yet. So the day before, on the Friday, we opened up her trailer, and we helped set up the competition. Um, I was only there for about three hours, but we set up to, you know three monoliths, got the plates out, we're putting the carpet down, you know, just trying in any way, shape, or form to give back, especially, especially to someone in need, to someone who literally just lost their husband the night before. So that's, you know, um, one thing that I'd like to see more of, one thing that I would love to see more people doing. And there are lots of people who do this. There are people who volunteer and they judge if they're, you know, um, judge affiliated in a certain federation. They show up and they judge, they give back. And Gene Richlack was one of those guys. Gene was one of those people who would show up and he would help judge. He would help spot, you know, even if the meet wasn't one that he was running. So... 
Uh, and I met Gene early on when I was uh, about 19 or 20 years old. So I got exposed to that type of person, that type of mentality early on in the sport. So again, something I hold very dear and true. Um, even if it's just walking around the gym uh, during normal workouts, offering spots, offering advice, if to those who say need it, maybe they're going to hurt themselves, maybe they're doing something very, very wrong because they just don't know. When I was a teenager, I took that stuff. I took that constructive criticism to heart. Uh, sometimes it was hard to swallow. Sometimes it was kind of hard to accept that I'm being corrected because I think I'm doing pretty good. Um, but lo and behold, these are the things that I'm still doing today that I was taught years and years ago. So take that. A uh, good example was uh, the other night I was walking around, I was doing a back workout, and there was a young, very, very young gentleman there, 17 young, right, still in high school young, uh, doing some bench press, and he was, he had missed a lift, he had missed a 295 bench, um, but when I saw him setting it up, he took a pair of deadlift blocks and set it in front of the bench, and uh, so his legs, his feet were now very, very, very high off the ground. It was very close to almost being a floor press type of setup because his legs were so high and he missed the lift. I'm like, well, he is getting absolutely zero lower body drive. Um, I've only spoken to this young gentleman, I think once within a six month period, but I saw that and I was like, I, I need to, damn it. So, (laughs) you know, a walk up to him. I was like, Hey, what's the problem? He goes, well, I, you know, I benched 315 a few months ago, and I'm trying to see where I'm at now, and I just missed that shit. And I was like, well, hey, let's take those blocks away. And he was confused at first, but I said, hey, this is the reason why. Explained lower body engagement, explained why he can't use his lower body as well because he's, his legs are so far up now, and he, you know, he needs his legs to be beneath him. And we took the blocks away. I did his handoff for him, and he, he got it on his next lift. I was like, that's what it was. You know, it wasn't a strength thing. It was a technical thing. It was you're, you're limiting the lift to just upper body and not having lower body engagement. Um, I said, have you ever floor pressed? He goes, yeah, once in a while. I said, well, can you floor press more than you bench? He's like, no. I said, well, there, there you go. It's because it's harder of an exercise because there's no lower body drive and you're pausing on the floor and et cetera, et cetera. So just shit like that, you know, um, just doing the things that I was fortunate enough to receive when I was young, advice, um, somebody who's extremely experienced talking to me, uh, giving me words of wisdom. So uh, I really enjoy that. Um, Anywhere I've gone, uh, Vegas, California, um, Oklahoma City, I've always tried to help in one way or another if someone needs a handoff in the bench. Some people come to meets with nobody with them. I, I've been that person before where it was maybe myself and just my wife and none of my training partners were able to make it. This is years ago. Um, but I had people there who were willing to step up, even just people who were competing. They, you know, like, well, don't, no, don't waste your energy. But they're like, no, no, you need help. You need somebody to help you. And they walk up and give me handoffs, help load plates. I've received that help. Why on earth would I not give it back? Um, it's kind of the reason I joined the military. My original, my very original thought in my head. Um, I did walk away from the sport for a couple of years, uh, back in 2015, after I bombed out of the Arnold Classic. 
I won the Arnold Classic in 2014. Set the all-time world record. 242-pound bench at 950. Like, coming off that high. Like, whoa, you know, I just did something big. Came back the year after, bombed out. <laughs> first, first time I attempted 1,000 pounds in a competition. So that was back in 2015, okay? Uh, bombed out. Very odd spot in the sport at the time. I was being ignored by certain people, affiliations, uh, just very, very odd. So I did walk away from it. Um, so, so I did that. I did. I left it. I walked away. Um, I just started working. I was just working full time. All the compassion I had for the sport went into my line of work, which was, uh, bricks. It was, uh, brick manufacturing and handling brick. So, um, I look back at my life. I look back at the opportunities I've had. I've had to I went to school, um, high school, I went to college, I got married, I've been able to do my sport full-time, you know, just, I have lived a very, very good life, and I was like, well, I've only been able to live a good life, and I know this because of the service members sacrificing their time and their privileges so that we can have ours. That's why, that's why I did it, that's why I joined, um, and I, I wanted to give back, and I wanted to be able to live you know, at 80 years old and be able to say at one point I sacrificed my privileges and I gave back, not just to the sport, I'm not saying that, but to the country, to other people so they can have as good a life as I've had. So that's kind of the backstory to why I originally thought about the military and then eventually joined. So anyway, so back to the topic at hand anyway, um, back to contributing to this great sport that is powerlifting, Okay. And I know I'm just a bench presser, but it's still, all right, I, I've been a power lifter. I've done all the three lifts in the past. Okay, I have a very, very big uh, compassion for the whole thing. I just like to bench and that's it. But, um, you know, for example, of other, another, another example would be helping your fellow team members, your fellow gym members. And I'm not just talking about in the gym. Like I just talked about giving advice offering a handoff to one of your fellow lifters. Um, but going to meets, volunteering to go help your buddies out at a competition, that should be a no-brainer. Your guys are there for you every day of the week. At least I know my guys are. They're always there for me. They're always there. They're always offering help. They'll stay later. Once they finish their workouts and I still need something, they'll offer. I'll, they, they extend their stay that day or that night so that... I'm, I get what I need. Okay, so why that's a absolute no-brainer. Hey, dude, you've got a competition coming up? Cool, I'll be there. Where is it? Oh, that's far. Hey, we got you, man. We'll, we'll get a hotel room. We'll show up. I want you to have a successful day. I want you to have what you need. That's where we're going this weekend. Uh, by the time this is published, obviously the, the meet will be over. But we are. We're going to Atlantic City for the IPA World Championships for my buddy Joe Fazio. Uh, the guy who does all my handoffs in the middle on my big bench presses, the guy with the rock and mustache and the, and the glasses, Joe Fazio. He's got a meet in Atlantic City. It's about three, three and a half hours away. And there's three of us going, plus his girlfriend so his uh, or fiance. So four of us all going to help him. That's, that, that shouldn't even be a question. And now, if it's going to be, hey, I've got to meet in California... Uh, you know, coast to coast speaking, that's going to be a little, well, for how the hell are you affording that? But that's, you know, 
obviously there's limitations, you know, unless certain things are paid for or whatever. But for the most part, if someone has a competition, and Joe Fazio has done the same thing for me. Joe Fazio has driven hours upon hours volunteering his time, sacrificing his weekend just so that I have a good handoff in the bench. And sometimes I go to these meets and I bomb out. That's happened before, but he doesn't care. He goes relentlessly. That's the kind of training partner you need, and that's the kind of th- that's what you need to do for your guys. A very good friend of mine, Tracy Weiler. I call him the godfather of the in the sport because Tracy Weiler is the man who taught Adam Hicks how to bench, and Adam Hicks is the man who taught me how to bench. So to me, Tracy Weiler is like the godfather, like the the grandfather in the sport for me. Papa T.W., Tracy Weiler, my old friend from Ohio. And that man has driven from Ohio to Virginia. That man flew himself out to California to help me out during a competition out there. And I bombed out when I was out there. He didn't care. He still got an experience out of it. He still got to see California. It was a good meet. And he was there and he, he he volunteered his time. So that's what I'm talking about, you know. Those guys are always there for you. Why shouldn't you be there? How could you not be there for them? It goes both ways. And going back further, another aspect um, that I consider to be very important to giving back to the sport, right? So what we're talking about is the gym itself, your gym owner. Don't take either one for granted. They do a lot for you. The gym is there. To me, it's a second home. I'm there all the damn time, six days a week for hours on end each day. It's like a second home. So if you see a mess in there, if you see uh, something going on in the bathroom, or somebody left and didn't rack their weights, um, put that shit away. I know it's a pain in the ass. You know, you <laughs> you kind of want everybody to kind of have the same mentality, but it doesn't always happen, you know? Somebody left without picking up their stuff, put it away. Is there clips on the floor? Put them in the basket. Uh, wipe down your equipment. You know, not not just because of this whole weird stage and the this uh, pandemic thing we got going on, but it's just common courtesy anyway. I don't want to lay on your funk after you're sweating your balls off on my bench and I lay down. Nah, man. Now, if we're lifting together, that's a little different. But if somebody I don't even know, I got to lay down in their yucky mess, uh-uh. I don't want that. No, sir. Um, ask your gym owner, is there anything I can do for you? Do you have a project that you need help with? Do you need something you need hung up, you know, that you need a second pair of hands for. Um, for a good example, uh, we were putting up paper on our windows here a few months ago. Uh, I showed up on my day off, helped him do that. I had fun with it. You know, I've always wanted the windows to be blacked out anyway, so we put paper up, and that took a lot. We were there for like five, six hours. I just did that shit because I know what he has done. Joe Strada is our gym owner. I know what him and his wife have done what they've sacrificed, what they've given to make this gym a reality where we all can come and do our thing, lift, get stronger, compete. Um, Totally, absolutely, uh, selflessly, they just give, 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 give. So I want to help give something back to them. It's all part of the sport. It's all part of the mentality of it. And for example, what I'm doing right now, the podcasts, the Patreon, uh, the Instagram, stuff like that, the going lives on the weekends. These are all things that I wish I had. You know, when I was younger, when I was 18, 19, 
I wish that Instagram was a thing. I wish that I would have access to knowledge, more knowledge than what I was getting, say, like through bodybuilding.com or Critical Bench or, you know, Powerlifting USA magazines, stuff like that, or the latter, Power Magazine, that didn't last very long, which is unfortunate. Um, this is why I'm doing these things. I If I can't go to a meet every single weekend and contribute and give back or spot or load or run a monolift, I still want to be able to give back in some fashion or another, and that's why I'm doing the podcast. That's why I'm running the Patreon, like I said. I want to give you guys something. If I have knowledge that somebody can take and run with and gain something from, I want to share it. I want to give it to you guys. That is what I have been blessed with, what I have thankfully had. It's people giving me knowledge, um, people being willing to talk to me. So why I'm not going to hide information. Like I usually tell people, nothing I do is proprietary. Nothing I do is secret. It's just hard work. <laughs> it's persistent. It's persistent hard work over the last 16 years. Um, so that's why I'm doing this. That's And I'm, I'm hoping that you're gaining something from this, and that's what makes all of this so worth it. So I want to thank you for tuning in again. A little bit of a shorter episode today as compared to last week, which was 40 plus minutes. So I hope you got a lot out of that. That was a big topic. Today's topic's a little more uh, narrow focused. The Patreon is running very strong. And for those of you who are my patrons and my members, I absolutely thank you for your support. This is what I want to make my full-time occupation. Six days a week, guys. My full workouts with all commentary over top of it being posted in Patreon every single day, six days a week. Ten bucks a month, full access. If that interests you whatsoever, go check it out. You can go to my Instagram. There is a link tree. Click that. It has a list of different things you can click on. One of them is the Kolb Strong Patreon account. So I really hope that I can get some more people in there. For a little bit of a shortcut, the uh, show notes have links to both the Instagram, Patreon that you can go to a little bit quicker if you want to save yourself some steps. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in once again. I really appreciate your listens. I'm going to keep putting these out because I really enjoy it. Uh, I want you all to have a good start to your week. Please have a good rest of your day. We will talk next time.